0: Yo, when you said critical thought, what did you feel? Did, did you Critical thought, critical mind, think to yourself in critical times, M5M finna wash your mind, and you know they lying. Critical thought, critical mind, think to yourself in critical times, M5M finna wash your mind, and you know they lie. Greetings, and welcome to the Critical Thought Podcast, where I give you my unsolicited narrative on the mainstream media and try to read between the lines. Warning, if you have an enlarged amygdala, proceed with caution. Greetings and welcome to this week's episode of the Critical Thought Podcast. Let's take a look at what was happening in the news cycle over the past week. This week I want to kick it off with immigration. Now, I have a theory on immigration and it has to do with um, kind of the Marxist-Communist type of reality that it seems as if the powers that be want to lead us into. Now, when we When countries, these first world countries, for example, France and the United States and some of these other countries in Europe that open them borders and let in mass amounts of immigrants, I mean, more than the country can even handle at any given point in time, it's not for any real good purpose other than to cause some kind of a social distress on these countries because now you're forced to find jobs for these people and it's not like the people them that already live there have more than enough jobs So you know what I mean, you now you have these immigrants coming and you're have to be forced to find jobs for the ones that want to work for the vast majority that don't care about work either way, then you have to find some kind of social system that's going to take care of these people going to house, house them, feed them and it's a burden and a strain on any country or any city that has to undertake this kind of this kind of action, this kind of forced immigration type of situation, you know what I mean? And all this leads to his cries for universal basic income and all things Marxist in my opinion. But don't take my word for it. Let's see what's happening in New York.
1: Thanks for being here with us on this busy Wednesday night. I'm Cheryl Wills and we begin with breaking news as we come on the air out of Washington. The Biden administration announcing just moments ago that it will make hundreds of thousands of Venezuelan migrants eligible for legal status and work.
0: This story in and of itself kind of suspicious because as I was alluding to earlier, the whole migrant situation is it's not helping anybody, but in New York in particular, it seems as if the the mayor and them cronies want the Venezuelan immigrants in particular to get the go-ahead to get jobs and stuff. Why Venezuela? I'm not sure. Maybe somebody listening might know the answer to that.
1: It will impact nearly a half million asylum seekers. More than 40% of migrants who have come through the city since the immigration crisis began are Venezuelan. Mayor Adams responding tonight saying, I want to thank President Biden for hearing our entire coalition, including our hardworking congressional delegation, and taking this important step that will bring hope to the thousands of Venezuelan asylum seekers currently in our care who will now be immediately eligible for temporary protected status.
0: So the Venezuelans gonna get temporary protected status. What happened to the other immigrants? How come them not offering any of the other immigrants protected status? Why the rush to get the Venezuelans into the system?
1: Governor, thank you for your time tonight. We understand this new TPS status that's being made available to Venezuelan migrants and asylum seekers TPS. is a result of your conversation with President Biden yesterday. Can you give us some insight into that conversation?
0: And this is why the Democrats, in my opinion, this current set of Democrats that are in power are very very marxist leaning very socialist leaning you know i mean just because of the agendas that them seem to want to push to the forefront is very marxist the diversity equity inclusion you know this this whole flooding the border with immigrants and and opening up their your borders and letting a ton of people in and this universal basic all of this stuff is just very marxist in my opinion
2: asking for um, back from July of 2022, between myself and Mayor Adams and Majority Leader Schumer and Senator Gillibrand and our delegation, we have all been working so hard to persuade the White House that these individuals who came to this country and are living in New York City shelters
0: don't have to. They came here to work. And if we could came find to a work. Path, particularly for the Venezuelans which is about 40% of the population in our shelter, if So if they can find a path, particularly for the Venezuelans, they didn't come there to be in shelters They came there to work. So the people them were living in New York, those people, don't they don't want jobs? You're going to take jobs and give to Venezuelans because they came there to work? In New York City shelters
2: don't have to. They came here to work. And if we could find a path, particularly for the Venezuelans, which is about 40% of the population in our shelter, if they could
0: get temporary protective status that Why allows just them to work after 30 days instead of after 180,
2: we can start to clear out the shelters and give them the jobs. And it also serves the purpose of meeting this demand we have from Republicans in every corner of New York for more workers. So this is an important
3: step. I hmm. thank the president for answering our call for help. This is an
0: important first step. We have other requests still out there, no doubt about it. we we'll want continue money to. conversation, but the state is committed
2: to continue to work with Mayor Adams to ensure that these people are connected to jobs as
0: soon as they legally connect, they're able to work. Again, so my question is why particularly Venezuelans? So she made a point that Venezuelans make up 40% of the immigrants that are currently in shelters But that don't mean you need to pick out all the Venezuelans and give them jobs. How about you give jobs to the ones that are qualified, no matter where them come from, regardless of whether they're Venezuelan or Honduran or Mexican.
2: And I'm really excited about this opportunity to start making a dent in something that New Yorkers have been dealing with a long time. And I want to make sure that we can ensure they're able to work. And we've been saying, get them to work. Let them work. This has been our... Our railing cry for such
4: a long time in the business community, Kathy Wilde... Are the these
0: people going to vote Democrat? Up. Our friends in labor have been extremely helpful. All across New York,
2: many people just want them to be able to work and fill a huge void we have right now.
0: Because that's the only thing that come to that's coming to my mind at the moment is that, all right, if you get these people into the system, you get them temporary protective um, service or whatever it is, TPS and you get them working and then they're paying tax and then does that give them the right to then cast a vote? And are you buying these votes from these Venezuelan people? Like, is that the deal? You get so many Venezuelans in and they vote democrating in the the next election. I mean, that's the only thing that logically makes sense to me at the moment, but there could be more to it that I'm just not seeing. the fact
2: that thousands and thousands of jobs, 460,000 jobs are unfilled, in the state of New York right now. We have a low unemployment rate, one of the lowest in the nation. We have to have more
0: workers and this is going to be a very, very positive development for our state's economy. Hold on, she said they have a low unemployment rate but them she has 400,000 jobs available. So that should mean the unemployment rate is high, no? One of the lowest in the nation. We have to
2: have more workers and this is going to be a very, very positive development for our state's economy. For these individuals, and our desire to start not opening more shelters, but starting to shut down shelters. And Governor, what's your message to the tens of thousands of
0: asylum seekers and migrants who are not from Venezuela, who who may be disappointed yeah, that they're not included? Well, this is something that we're just happy to even
2: get this foot in the door. We have been asking for a reduction in time for all the work status for everyone but I will not look a gift horse in the mouth. This is an important first step. And to others, we have to let people know that if you're thinking of coming to New York, we are
0: truly out of space. The mayor has- To others, the- we're out of space. The Venezuelans, we're gonna get them jobs, but anybody else that's looking to come to New York, just know that we have no more space for you.
2: Well, know that if you're thinking of coming to New York, we are truly out of space. The mayor has done an extraordinary job managing this crisis situation. We have been partners in
0: helping him. But there must be other cities that do not have... Just, for, just or send or us the Venezuelans, though. ...people, over 60,000 in shelters that can handle the
2: volume easier in other states. And that's what we want to encourage people to do. This has a cutoff date. This has a you know, there's a time limit on it. So the people that are here will be able to benefit, but those who come after have to understand that it's a different dynamic here in New York, that we have been generous, we have been humanitarian in our response, that's who we are, but also we're at capacity. Because New York City has had this pull, this 40-year-old right to shelter, people have come to New York City. And that's another area the mayor and I need to look at this together, and we are looking at it, and trying to figure out a way that we can say, this was intended to help homeless people stay off the streets, help families, but it was never intended to be an unlimited universal right and obligation to shelter the entire world. And that's the way it's been interpreted. (laughs) So once that gets fixed, as well as this opportunity to get the Venezuelans to work, it should take a lot of pressure off but we really need to stop the incoming we're still seeing about three thousand a week that's absolutely unsustainable
0: so that's new york governor Hokel, and she's essentially saying again you know we want the venezuelans everybody else there's no space for you now i'm pretty sure that new york city labeled themselves the sanctuary city right that was a, a self-appointed title of the new york mayor So why is it now that he's complaining about the immigrants that are in the sanctuary city? You guys open up your door and say you want to be the sanctuary city and then this is what you have to say about it?
5: Uh, uh, President
0: Biden is coming to the city. You're going to blame President Biden? I'm hoping that he understands this beautiful city that's the economic engine of the entire country is being saddled with a $2 billion dollar that we spent already five billion dollars we're going to spend oh, in this fiscal crisis, you want some $5 billion, money um
5: in the next um two budgetary cycles uh, new york don't don't deserve this the asylum seekers
0: don't deserve this and so while he's here um i think that they should really reflect on new york city has done this part and uh, we're once we know what i'm going to do we release a public schedule i'm very public everybody knows where i am you guys know where i am, <laughs> I am all the time we released if we're gonna Alright, um, bro. Okay. Or not. Let's see what's happening in Chicago. Because it's not happening in one state, you know. So when I said this is like America is failing from the inside or falling from the inside, rather. This is one example of it, you know, in one state, which is New York City. Right? Or New York State rather. And it's happening in New York City in particular. And There was probably three or four episodes back where there was a report on New York setting up tents for migrants, right? Now let's take it to Chicago and the stories playing out in Chicago as well. Same scenario or same story, different scenario.
6: As the city looks to move migrants to tent cities, this new contract reveals Chicago has agreed to pay Garda World $29 million. Even the mayor's point person for migrants on the city council says,
7: "I do recognize that an executive
8: branch has the latitude to be agile in a moment of crisis. So I get why some of this stuff moves quickly. But I, uh, clearly, we all have questions."
6: The fine print of the deal reveals: Garda will provide security, three meals a day, daily child care seven days a week, van transport to school and doctor, as well as laundry. The city notes Garda is considered a preferred contractor by the state of Illinois.
9: This is a contract that the state has started. They used them for various purposes, and they're continuing to, and so we piggybacked on it. The city of
6: Denver pulled out of a deal it had to build similar tent provisions for migrants, citing, quote, concerns grew about the international company's history of alleged abuses and mistreatment, as well as its lack of experience in sheltering migrants. Alderman Ray Lopez questions why Garda, the same company that has a Florida contract to send migrants here, now will make millions of dollars.
0: Whoa, whoa whoa, to care whoa, for them. whoa, 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 whoa. So, this company that is going to be responsible for building the tents and everything surrounding taking care of these migrants was the same company that was paid to ship these migrants from Florida. To Chicago in the first place. So they got a contract to send the migrants to Chicago and then they got a contract to then take care of them while they were in Chicago. That sound like some double dipping. At the very least it sounds like something shady is happening there.
8: The fact that we're spending $29 million on a tent city system that probably won't even function in sub-zero weather Chicago style uh, is just amazing to me.
6: The contract also displays photos of what the base camps will look like with promises when the temperature is 40 degrees, it will be 70 degrees inside. Also today, elected officials and activists reacted to the Biden administration to allow some migrants, those from Venezuela, here since July, to apply for work permits. They want that extended to more than just them. The city does estimate that of the 14,000 migrants sent here, 5,000 are from Venezuela.
0: And just to show you that this is not an isolated thing, Let's take a listen on what's happening in France.
1: Pope Francis has urged European states to welcome migrants and not to treat them as invaders. He delivered his message ahead of a Saturday mass in the French city of Marseille. The Pope used his visit to the Mediterranean port city to weigh into the migrant debate as governments react to a surge in new arrivals.
0: And again, you know, I know I'm re- repeating myself, but I just want to reiterate that this is how you destabilise countries this is how you destabilize the economy this is how you disrupt the social fabric of of um, countries cities and so forth and i'm not saying i'm against immigration because i live in a country that i wasn't born in so if there was no immigration i wouldn't be here you know what i mean so i'm not against immigration but there's a way to do the thing and then there's a way that you definitely don't do the thing and mass immigration is not the way to do the thing When you're not doing any checks and balances, you don't know who you're letting across the border and it's being forced upon your country in most situations. That just can't be a good thing. This is very socialist and very Marxist where everybody needs to be treated fairly regardless of the situation that preceded. Like these people get coming to your country illegally, Nah, I did. did I deserve the same rights as every other legal citizen? I think you have to earn that, and you earn that by going through the process, you know what I mean?
10: Tens of thousands turned out for Pope francis's Marseille Mass. Worshippers packed the sports stadium for his sermon, where the message proved
2: political as well as spiritual.
10: The pontiff used his two-day visit to advocate for refugees and migrants. He's
0: the man used him two-day visit for advocate for refugees and migrants. That's what the pope used him two-day visit for though.
10: to welcome people. Arriving on their shores. Our metropolitan cities and many European countries like France, where different cultures and religions coexist, are a great challenge against the exasperation. Listen yes, you
0: know you have certain people out there that will want to call me a racist or a bigot or, or, or an extreme rightist or something like that because I am against immigration. And again, I'll say it, I'm not against immigration, I'm against forced immigration, right? Every country has the right to decide how many people they allow into the country on a yearly basis. Now, we can get into the weeds of, of all of that, but I think we can all agree that forced immigration is just not the way. You can't tell a country they must take. X amount of people that are being forced up onto their borders, into their country. I I just don't see how that works. ...of individualism and the selfishness and
1: closures that produce loneliness and suffering. Recent weeks have seen a sharp
10: increase in migrant boats trying to cross the Mediterranean to reach Europe. The Pope's plea to welcome those arrivals goes against the policies of many EU governments.
0: But his message has resonated with worshippers in Marseille, a city which has long been a meeting
10: point for cultures and
2: religions.
0: So the Pope is in France trying to encourage the French people to be more welcoming and open to the the flood of immigrants. But I don't know if some of the French interior ministers feel the same way.
2: Minister
5: Gerald Darman arrived in Rome on Monday to discuss the latest migration crisis with his Italian counterpart Matteo Piantedosi. A few days ago, both ministers expressed a common will to tighten EU
0: border security, step up the fight against human trafficking, and the like, yeah. joint address to the EU leadership on the matter.
8: There's been so much politicization of this that politicians need short fixes, they need slogans back. To, to to say we are on top of it. It doesn't work like that. We have to explain to public opinion that these are complex issues that require time, resources, and, and different solutions. But that's
5: the only way. Italy in particular has tightened measures, including increasing the time for which suspects involved in human trafficking
4: can be detained and investigated right as for well the as
0: opportunities to repatriate those who
5: have no legal right to stay in the country.
0: See, and I agree with that. You, you definitely need to do a proper background check on the people that you're letting in. You could be letting anybody into your country and you don't know who is actually coming in under the guise of being an immigrant. You don't know what kind of agenda these people have, why they're being sent to your country in the first place. So I don't really wrong people for having that kind of nationalist type of mentality in this particular situation. Let's jump on to some climate change for a quick sec here. Now, this is what I don't respect with the climate change, guys, you know. They keep moving the goalposts. Every time the facts catch up to their quote-unquote science, they just move the goalposts, you know what I mean? This guy in this report here is going to tell us that the science is absolute and I'll just let him tell you. All right, can everyone
9: hear me? My name is Rachel Ramirez. I'm the climate reporter at CNN, and I'm joined today by none other than Selwyn Hart, who is the Special Advisor for
0: the UN Secretary General on Climate Action and Just Transition. The so UN Secretary the General, General so we know what climate this guy's about. It affects every aspect of our lives,
9: and what actions must be done to protect lives and livelihoods during this time. Thank you so much, Anne. The science is absolutely
0: clear. Oh, my God. There's never
5: been more clarity on what needs to be done, by whom, and over what time frame
0: to avert a climate catastrophe. Climate catastrophe. So, all right, the science is clear, and it has never been more clear. Every decade and a half to two decades, these people come with the same story. I wasn't alive in the 70s, but I've heard these news reports where... All the scientists agreed that we were in a mini ice age and we were in a state of global cooling and we were in big trouble by 2000. That was the science and it was clear. Then by the time late 80s to early 90s came around, this was more my time frame, the science was clear that we were in a state of global warming. There was a hole in the ozone layer and the oceans were going to be boiling by the year 2020. The sea levels would have risen and Florida would have disappeared and all of this. And now the popular science is saying that we're in a state of climate change. They don't call it global warming anymore. So if it rained too much and it's flooded, Climate change. If it don't rain enough and there's a drought, climate change. If there's fires that them start because they didn't do the proper mitigation and then people went around and started fires, climate change. These guys just keep moving the goalposts. Every time the facts catch up with the false signs that they're spreading to facilitate their agenda, they move the goalposts. You can't respect that. I can't respect that. We know.
5: Global emissions must peak by 2025, two years in two years' time, and be slashed by half before the end of this decade, within the next seven years, to give us a fighting chance of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, Uh and prevent the worst impacts
0: of the climate crisis. You know, when has the climate never been in flux or in a state of change? That's almost been the one thing that's constant with the climate is change. You go and you look on ice core samples and these ice core samples will tell you that going back 20,000 years that the climate has always been through a period of change. There's been warming and there's been cooling and there's been warming and there's been cooling and there's been shorter periods of cooling, shorter periods of warming. And This has been happening for years. It's always been a state of climate change. You know what I mean? Even within the warm periods, there are small cooling periods that take place. But these guys, the scientists now that are propagating climate change will only take samples from a certain time period, maybe like 1800s or late 1700s or something like that. Because since that particular period, the Earth has been warming more significantly. But if they went further back and look on all of the statistics, you would see that this is not the only time that the Earth has warmed significantly over a short period of time. There's solar flares and sunspots and all kinds of things that affect the warming and cooling of the Earth, and there's there's a record that shows that these things have also happened in the past, but they won't give you that information. They cherry-pick the information and start the record from a point where it looked like climate change and heating is out of control. And we know that in order to rapidly decarbonize the global economy, we need to phase down and phase out. Now, pay attention to this decarbonize talk that this brother is dropping. This this guy's from the UN, and we're never going to get out of this clip because I keep interrupting, but... Human beings are carbon-based. This whole planet is a carbon-based planet and we are carbon-based life forms. So what exactly does he mean when he says we know we need to decarbonate or decarbonize the planet? 1. Population control. Celsius ...and prevent the worst impacts of the climate
5: crisis. And we know that in order to rapidly decarbonize the global economy,
0: right, we need
5: to phase down and phase out fossil fuels starting now. Uh
0: We know that we need to turbocharge renewable (laughs) energy. We also
5: know that despite our best efforts to limit warming, climate impacts will worsen on every continent.
0: Yeah, because it's a part part of a larger cycle. And therefore we need to also accelerate our efforts to deliver climate justice. This means investing in solutions to help peoples and communities adapt to climate impacts. We also need to... Sign- These guys... So they're just going to use the word justice. It's the same kind of linguistics as, as, as the whole diversity, equity and inclusion, social justice, climate justice. These people are slick with it, but they're not slick enough.
5: Spike continent, and every region and in every country, and therefore we need to also accelerate our efforts to deliver climate justice. This means investing in solutions to help peoples and communities adapt to climate impacts. We also need to significantly invest
0: in early warning systems. We also need to significantly we need to spend invest more money. in loss and damage because it will get worse
5: before it gets better. But this is only if only if we rapidly shift and move away from our use, production and production of fossil fuels.
0: Let's see. all right, that's a pipe dream, especially by the year twenty twenty five or twenty thirty. Like I've said this many times before. The grid can't support a switch over to electric vehicles, yet alone electrifying everything. If you're buying this bullshit, just be sure to keep your receipt to talk
9: about in the lead up to cop 28 for sure um, if we could just connect those dots for a little bit um, I wanted to show a photo behind me um, that one of the photographers from our project took um, it, she captured sex trafficking in a typhoon battered Philippines and so that's the
0: sex trafficking have to do with climate change a that link between climate change and gender inequality well, what the well fuck is documented. wrong with these people it's how are you gonna tie climate change? Rarely. How are you going to tie climate change into gender equality and sex trafficking? I, I'm dying to hear how you're going to pull this one off.
9: Adequately centered by policymakers, corporate leaders, or even my, you know, in my industry, um, in climate journalism. Um, so can you make that link, that connection Please between do. climate change and gender for us? and. Also, what have the you heard or seen in your line of work? Right.
5: Sure, uh, and, and, and it's absolutely fantastic that you're bringing this up and making this
0: important link. Because it's so, scripted. Of course, it's fantastic. You knew she was going to ask a question and shithead. And then when you look at the climate crisis, uh-huh. one
5: can see many injustices. 70% of all climate-related deaths have occurred in
0: the world's poorest countries 46 of the world's poorest What does that have to do with sex trafficking and climate and, and, and women, gender inequality Women and girls are 14 times more, more likely, likely to die from to climate or to die <laughs> from climate impact <laughs> So therefore Who lad bro you need to give us the source you need to give us a source so we can go and check these statistics for ourselves because this sound like a whole heap of bullshit to me worse, front, climate does like attack children and women it's it's primarily women women in poor and vulnerable
5: countries uh-huh and unfortunately our policies our strategies are are, are really not geared
0: to address the bullshit this challenge
5: we have a situation where we're what adaptation the the cost of adapting or the investments needed
0: are estimated to be around 340 billion dollars more year. fucking money the
5: adaptation needs of the developing world
0: and governments are only and you know how they're going to pay for these adaptations and all these things that them need money for ESG right Credits, credit carbon credit scores and all this shit, that's how they're going to pay for it. The regular average person is going to get taxed to death to pay for these ridiculous things that these people are trying to squeeze money into or out of. Providing $20 million a year. go. $20
5: billion a year in adaptation.
0: Support. $20 billion.
5: Now, Now, this has even scratched the surface of what needs... To be done to invest.
0: No, in we need ten times that. Poor
5: and vulnerable communities. What needs to be done to invest in safeguarding the lives and livelihoods of women? Let's take early warning systems for example. What? Six out of every ten persons in Africa don't have access to an early
0: warning system. Early warning system What's for on what, on bro? The front lines of the climate crisis in Africa
5: women and girls the cost of providing these systems will be around three billion uh, over the course of the next five years this is 1.5
0: percent of. hold on forgive me early warning systems for what early warning systems for climate change african countries don't have early warning systems for climate change is that what he's saying And you're trying to tell me that if you had early warning systems in place, you'd be able to save the lives of women and children. You still haven't tied it all together yet, you know. You have about 30 seconds. Of the total profits made by the five
5: largest fossil fuel companies. So these companies, these fossil fuel companies are raking in billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in profit. Mm -hmm. And you have poor and vulnerable persons on the front lines of the climate crisis who don't have access to basic needs, and, and they're primarily women. So if we are serious, if the international community is serious, if countries are serious about really addressing the needs of girls and women and
0: other marginalized groups of the climate crisis, we really need to be serious about stepping up support to protect their lives. Send some money. All right, so I don't know. I don't know how else to look on this other than all of this is just a big ploy to tax people and funnel money, right? Like, to me, it seems obvious, but maybe I'm just cynical. Yo, the UN never sees to amaze me with these agendas that them push. Like Climate change is the beating stick for everything that the UN can put their fingers on. If so, we just heard how climate change is affecting gender inequality and and women are on the forefront of climate crisis or climate whatever that guy was just trying to convince us of. And now we're going to hear John Kerry, the climate czar, tell us how climate change is... Listen, we just need to stop farming if we want to avoid climate change. Don't farm any more food. Don't... Produce any more food, don't grow any cattle, just stop it. Let's eat bugs and lab grown meat, please. Agriculture contributes about 33%
4: of all the emissions of the world, uh, depending a little bit on how you count it, but it's anywhere from 26 to 33.
0: And that's not a little we can't difference. Get it to
4: net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture. This front and center is part of the solution. But with a growing population on the planet, we just crossed the threshold of 8 billion fellow citizens around the world. We just crossed that in this last year. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today.
0: No, that is bullshit. Because... All right, let's just say what he was saying was true, even a little bit of it was true, and that there was industrial farming that was causing a half a degree change in temperature. It's not from regular farming. It's from exactly that. It's from industrial farming. It's from places like in the in the Amazon where they cut down hundreds, if not thousands, of acres of rainforest to plant mono agricultural crops like soybeans or whatever else it is that they're growing out there to me it buggle my mind how they can come on here and talk this nonsense and people don't even bother to look into it you have these people running to be vegan because they're gonna save the planet and listen i fell down a rabbit hole i was vegan for about three years you understand and i can tell you that there's no joy to be found here None for me personally, anyways. Food system to keep the 1.5 degrees alive. Why do we have to keep 1.5 degrees alive? Because scientists... That get paid by the
4: UN. ...physics and mathematics, not ideology and politics or party labels or anything else. As a matter of physics and mathematics and some biology and chemistry have told us...
0: And a lot of money, a lot of money being paid to these scientists to push a certain agenda, don't forget that. That's why their studies get funded because they are speaking the language of the UN. So don't leave that part out.
4: These are the consequences, and we already see it happening. And almost everything they've predicted for 30 plus years now is coming true, but the problem is it's coming through faster and bigger mm-hmm. than
0: was no.
2: in
4: fact predicted.
0: We know that everything they predicted is not coming through. At the beginning of this segment, I kinda made a rant on how every decade and a half to two decades that they move the goalposts. So everything that they said it's not coming through—bullshit. I call bullshit on that one. Here's a clip, actually, just so that we can give you an, an example of what they were saying in nineteen seventy-eight.
8: Within a lifetime, we might be living in the next ice
0: age. Everything that you say has come true, eh? Alright, we'll just leave that one there. And let's see how climate change is affecting every other aspect of our lives because again i said it before and i'll say it again the next big lockdown is going to be climate change oriented some way somehow the next oppression that we'll have to face on a global level is going to be in the name of climate change
8: some of the nation's most coveted real estate, tonight the cost of insuring a home in California could soon dramatically change. For the first time, the state's insurance commissioner is moving to let insurance companies factor in future climate risks when setting new policy prices. We are truly living in unprecedented times. After decades of disaster, insurance commissioner Ricardo Loura says the move is aimed at keeping insurance companies from fleeing the state and homeowners insure. There's no doubt that California is at an insurance crossroads. Making, California, making insurance more available is becoming critical for our entire economy. But critics say allowing insurance companies to spike premiums based on the threat of floods or wildfires in the future is a disaster of its own.
0: It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But these insurance companies have already lobbied to these government people in Senate or whatnot, and they have struck themselves a deal that has allowed them to jack these prices up. They weren't going to go anywhere. People were always going to have insurance in fucking California. But this is a story. The insurance companies are using climate change as an
3: excuse to make changes in rules that have saved Californians literally, not exaggerating, Hundreds of billions of dollars in the last 35 years.
8: With a new study projecting more than 39 million Americans could soon face skyrocketing insurance premiums, some insurers have already walked away from hurricane and flooding-prone states like Florida and Louisiana. In high-risk areas of California,
2: many are already priced out. Just received a bill and it's double what it was last year.
0: All right, so we don't even have to go any further with that report. Basically... This is just another way that climate change can be a means to an end. You know what I mean? The end is always to squeeze out the average person to get more money from the middle class, to erase the middle class, to make it so that more people need to rely upon the solution that they will bring ultimately, which is universal basic income, which all goes back to this Marxist kind of reality that these globalists and these World Economic Forum people And these UN Muppets have in store for everybody else. I want to jump into COVID again this week because it's still in a news cycle, it's not going anywhere. And this week, the CDC is on the bandwagon trying to convince more people to get the new and updated vaccine. This is um, Dr. Mandy Cohen from the CDC and she's been asked about the effectiveness of masks and if she thinks that people should mask up. Now you remember when COVID just started in 2020, the CDC gave very contradicting um, directions as to whether people should or should not be using masks and i don't think that they're about to get caught in a similar situation this time around so this is her response to whether you should be wearing a mask
7: i, I want to ask you about the recent uptick because we have seen the numbers uh, go up over the last month or so with that recent uptick there are several school districts that are now requiring masks once again I, is that a good policy is that something that, that yeah should, should we should be happening, we do it that we go back to masking at this point you know we're in a different place than we were before we're outside of the emergency but covid is still with us and we know that we have tools to protect us right talking about vaccines being one and i hope everyone gets an updated vaccine yes but we, have we know you're selling treatment, a other common sense solution and yes mask masking is one of those um solutions that folks could choose to use to protect themselves from this virus it's important to know but you're not suggesting your it risk. are you folks who are older or who have underlying conditions then we need to use more layers of protection the fact is we have tools we need to use that yes you told us vaccines yes about the ways folks can protect themselves. do you think that this is a good recommendation that schools should be masking now as i said there are several schools i think maryland one of them you're gonna commit saying, okay now you have to mask again
0: commitment well,
7: We want folks to be reacting to what they're seeing on the ground in their community and Mm -hmm. making sure that they're protecting themselves. We want folks to know that there are tools that they can use, um, but there are are more things than masks. Remember, ventilation. Uh Don't forget your vaccine. Wash your hands. Stay home when you're sick. These Mm. are layers of tools that we have right now, and we want to just empower folks to use those tools and, and support them in any way we can.
0: Alright, so you're not really saying that people should mask up, you're saying they should um react to what's happening on the ground. So you, that's a good non-answer, and way to avoid the backlash that came the last time after you told people masks don't work, and then you tried to convince people to wear masks. But what are you really here to talk about? Because masks are not what you're here to talk about. You did a very good job of avoiding that particular question. What is your agenda here today?
7: The, the vaccines and how well I mean, how well do they work and do they actually help reduce transmissions of the virus at all? This latest well,
0: um, that didn't uh, the last vaccine. ten times.
7: Yes, so we, we know that these vaccines are safe and they're effective at preventing the worst of what COVID can can bring to you, and that is putting you in the what hospital or dying. Unfortunately, oh, okay. we're still seeing hundreds of people over 65 dying each week with COVID. We, sh- we have about 20,000 folks in the hospital right now with mm. COVID. Um, so what the vaccine can do is protect you from the worst of what COVID is. But remember, the vaccine, early data is showing us it can also prevent you from getting long COVID. Mm-hmm. It increases your risk of getting long COVID, which is extended symptoms from that COVID virus. So yes, protecting from the worst, but also protecting you from potential long-term symptoms from this virus, even if you have a mild case.
0: And maybe even giving you a heart attack on the way to that as well. So just know that. So that was a CNN spokeshole pushing the whole COVID agenda and getting your vaccine and... At this time of year, the whole the fearmongering is on again, but it's not heavy yet. These are the light stages of the fearmongering. and this is the, the stage where they just try to coax you into getting your vaccine. So here is NBC Today, and they're basically they're paid commercial for a vaccine.
6: We are back with today's checklist. Fall means comfy sweaters and cozy drinks, but it also means we are on alert for flu. COVID and RSV. So we have some good news for you this morning. Free at-home COVID tests will be available again starting next week. NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Natalie Azar, is here to walk us through all the vaccines and boosters out there.
0: Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I got my free uh, COVID test yesterday. Yeah. I just walked in. Yeah.
2: Anyway,
0: oh, they have pharmacy. Oh, oh, good. It oh really? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got my free COVID test yesterday. I just walked into the pharmacy and they had it. At um, so
1: let's Needs to get
6: it when should they get it all the stuff okay so um everybody with
1: a few exceptions over the age of six months is eligible to get the flu shot
0: over the we age of six to get months it by the end
11: of October takes about two weeks for those protective antibodies to kick in that's what you have to keep in mind flu season is starting about now and heads into the winter if you're 65 and older there's a couple high dose shots that you are eligible for but the rest of us in sort of that middle bell curve it doesn't matter which one you get because there's a lot of different flu flu shots
0: out there so that don't make sense to me she said everybody should get the shot by the end of october flu season starts about now it's september now and you're telling everybody to get it by the end of october Usually, epidemiologists say, I don't even know if it's epidemiologists, maybe it's them, the people that deal with vaccines, usually those people on contagious diseases, usually they would advise you not to vaccinate during an outbreak because that's when you can have mutations. So what is this lady telling people to do to get the vaccine in October when flu season starts in September? That kind of sound like it's going against all the best knowledge and best practices. But what do I know?
11: as the injectable one, but it's, it is available this year, and it is a great option for little kids who are needle phobic. Mm. It is indicated for people between the ages of
1: two and 49. But here's the thing: there are
0: no the exceptions thing. to it. It is a live vaccine.
11: Mm. Kids between two and 17 who are taking aspirin and other certain medications are not meant to get it. Mm. People with weakened immune systems, pregnant people, and there's a few other on that list. So if you're thinking about getting the nasal spray,
2: Check with your doctor okay. just to make sure.
0: Is it as effective? You know. Yeah, it is okay. So, the nasal spray, if you're taking aspirin or anything else, don't fucking take the nasal spray, but you can take the vaccine. I wonder why you can't get the flu spray if you're on something as commonly used as aspirin. That kind of caused some concern. And remember, this is the triple the triple threat that they're pushing this year. And I think they tried it last year as well. But it's they want people to get vaccinated for flu, RSV, and for COVID all at the same time. So let's see what they have to say about the RSV vaccine. Um, let's talk about RSV for a moment yes. here because we know the yes. FDA just approved that first ever RSV vaccine ah, and an infant. Yeah. And they're especially susceptible to it. But
4: should adults also get the vaccine? Be getting the vaccine. So, yes, yeah, so for, for little ones...
0: she excited, raising. no we have blood clot. Now something called a monoclonal
11: antibody for little neonates and, and infants born in the in first RSV season. But for individuals 60 and older, there are now two different RSV vaccines that are available. Should everybody be getting it? Not necessarily. We are, yes. Talking about older adults, people with chronic heart or lung disease, people with weakened immune systems, people living in nursing homes or long-term care facilities. Facilities. Now a lot of people say, well, can I get the RSV shot with the flu shot? If um, you absolutely must, probably yes, but the CDC has some data that probably maybe the flu yes shot won't be as effective if you oh, get it with the okay. RSV. So I'm gonna okay. make a recommendation to my patients to separate RSV from flu shot. That's not for kids. No, this is for 60 okay. and up. The little ones get something called a monoclonal antibody. They okay. were approved around the same time. It's really great news still. Great. All right. Are there
6: potential side effects
11: that you need to worry about? Yeah, so with the RSV vaccine, yeah. like a lot of vaccines, we all we always talk about those injection site yeah, reactions, so shit. pain, redness, soreness, and then the usual with any vaccine, fatigue, fever, headache, nausea, diarrhea, who would ever get this thing? This <laughs> it's, 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 it's typical, guys. This is your immune system working. Muscle joint pain. There can be some neurological oh. events that there are um, reporting. And again,
0: this is not immune, system the immune system working. All right, so that's RSV. Try not to take RSV and flu vaccines at the same time because the flu vaccine might not work as well if you take the RSV vaccine. All right, now what's going on for COVID, Doc?
11: What about the COVID booster? So we have a COVID wow. booster this year and we're probably going to stop calling it booster. We're going to say an updated vaccine just like we update the flu shot every year. Updated this is targeting computer. the XBB strain that was prominent updated in summer to cover the current circulating strains which are different than that one um and it is okay to get the covid and the flu shot at the same time we've been saying that for a couple it's of years
0: unlike the rsv and the flu shot don't get those together but you can get covid and flu shot together we've been suggesting that sure go for it is there a logic so i just got my flu shot you know i was yes. scared but i did it i, right? was, scared. Just, you know, I was scared i know i you know, always proud evil, of so the same, but
6: yes. i suck it up and i get it done but for some reason with the
11: covid
1: for booster, you. A lot of people. Do you know what I mean? Should, it, should we apply
11: the same logic that it's just an updated? So it, for, for, for the CDC and communication, yes. For an individual, there are so much nuance to this. And, and I think I would just say that, that the booster and updated shot with, of the COVID shot gives you protection against infection for a number of months, and then that declines. Protection against severe disease is more durable than the flu vaccine. So if you've been boosted with COVID before, if you've had a COVID infection, been boosted you're with still COVID. protected against severe disease. So if you're in that bell curve, young adult, otherwise reasonably healthy, mm-hmm. talk to your doctor about getting an updated shot. Again, from a public health population perspective, the answer is kind of yes. Yeah. So whether you've had it or get or but there's that. a lot of new ones.
2: Right. You're okay. so good. Talk to your doctor.
10: Seriously. You. you. Seriously, talk really your good. Dog
0: she's really good at delivering her lines and selling COVID vaccines and rsv vaccines and yeah she's really good so in this week's um ai segment these guys are talking about chat gpt and uh hallucinations or mistakes that it makes and how that could lead to it being are these mistakes compounding and leading to the chatbot being less, I guess, accurate over time?
3: The problem with AI output right now is that it's really good, but it's sometimes just a little off. Like you're talking to ChatGPT and it's it's like it's 99% there, but it's 1% inhuman in a kind of a weird way. And so what model collapse is, is those little inhuman things getting compounded and rolled up. Right? Because the AI is being trained on a previous one. So it's kind of learning that weirdness and then it starts turning into a little so And that would lead to yeah, it model to get collapse. Yeah, really bad, right? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, like, it's like if you do it over several generations, you know, the first generation, it's kind of making sense. And the second one, it's starting to, like, you know, just say odd words. An analogy might be if you were to take a, a famous painting or a photo, like like the Mona Lisa or, you know, a picture of, um, of you know, King Kong on top of the. Empire State Building, and you were to photocopy it, and then photocopy the photocopy, and then photocopy the photocopy. Eventually, it starts to sort of look really weird, because the photocopy is sort of, you know, 99% accurate, but that 1% inaccuracy will change maybe the contrast or the color, uh, make it a little too white, a little too black, and then after the hundredth time, you've got a really weird-looking picture.
0: All right. that's I guess that's one argument. I suppose I would counter that argument by saying people are monitoring this this device, especially in the training stages, in these early stages. They're feeding the information to this chatbot, so they would be able to detect these redundancies, and I'm sure they would write code to correct that. I mean, they're not just going to let it run like that.
7: What are the implications of model collapse?
3: Well, the implications are that, you know, maybe... All of these language models are, over the next few years, going to start to become worse and worse and worse, right? That's one possibility. Um, Yeah, highly unlikely. If there's money to be made, they're going to fix it. Microsoft and everyone just keeps on scraping the internet and feeding it to to train their models. They they could get much worse models and we could be using models that answer, you know, even more unpredictably and even wronger
0: than they do now. Even wronger, All right. I doubt
3: that's the way it's going to go because I think all these people that run these models, create these models, are going to see this happening and get very worried about it. And they're either going to not release a new model that's
0: you know no, they're going to write code to fix it, bro.
3: Existing models. Uh, they'll probably try and find some way to. They'll find some way to cope with it or fix it, right? Like you could pay humans just to write new prose for you could say like we you know i need i need a billion more lines of stuff please just write stuff write anything so that we can feed it the model you know that's that that's one thing they could do the other thing is they could maybe try to uh save you know shards of the of the older training data sets and use them to sort of freshen things up there's a lot of different ai techniques you can use and i think All right,
0: this guy don't sound like discovery. i don't know much about ai but this guy definitely don't sound like him you know much about ai Anyways, that's this week's story on AI. And of course, you know, the podcast couldn't come to an end without the mental gymnastics segment. Now, I don't even know where to start this week. Uh, should we start with um, gender bending pronouns or, you know what? I think we should start with um, plastic as a dessert. I think that's a perfect place to start. A couple of weeks ago, I played a report in I think it was somewhere out of China it was based, where they were making rock soups, so they were boiling rocks and making soup. And the very first episode of this podcast was spoke about cricket powder. This week, this is what we're up to. This is what your friends at the U.N. and the World Economic Forum and all these globalists, this is what they're suggesting.
10: Plastic pollution is a looming global crisis. The world now produces more than 380 million tons of it every year, an amount projected to triple by 2050. At a glance, this looks like your regular vanilla ice cream. But the dessert is the first of its kind in the world. Its flavoring is derived from plastic waste. <laughs> the process is developed by scientists in Edinburgh and harnesses the power of bacteria and enzymes.
0: Hold on. All right. So let me just wrap my head around this. Plastic waste that is not decomposable, that is causing a whole lot of issues in terms of um just waste management in general. The solution, the solve for this problem is to get people to eat it. I don't even think Edward Bernay or David Ogilvy could sell this to the people, but somehow the UN and these WEF goons are going to try to sell it to us let's hear what they have to say
10: but the dessert is the first of its kind in the world its flavoring is derived from plastic waste the process is developed by scientists in edinburgh and harnesses the power of bacteria and enzymes to break down the plastic's polymers into molecules that are no longer plastic the pts are then processed by another bacteria to turn it into vanillin the designer says the idea was born from frustration about the failure of the recycling system and how it cannot keep up with plastic production. So people should but eat scientists it instead. Say the ice cream very much remains a research project, not quite ready for consumption, but rather oh. a starting point to rethink the way we approach plastic waste. Perhaps misconception around what it actually is by the end of the process, that it is
9: no longer plastic But I think as part of that, it is really important that we take the safety side of it really, really seriously and we make it very clear that this has to go through exactly the same regulation processes and food standard processes as any other food ingredient.
0: Yeah, but what is a food ingredient? That's a very wide open um, topic, food ingredient. There's a lot of things that are not food that are ingredients in food. And this is not even a new concept because as a matter of fact, I've known or I've heard for a while now that margarine is a few molecules or one molecule away from being plastic. It it doesn't melt, only on the heat, you know what I mean? So like extreme heat at that. So I don't know. And for our daily dose of entitlement, we will address Generation Z and... um, the pronoun warriors exhibit a
9: y'all i'm tired seven in the morning at the physical therapy office misgendered by someone who i've told my pronouns to and i said just to let you know my pronouns are they them and they went oh yeah that's right yeah uh that's right (laughs) and then i had to explain um too many times to my physical therapist That I didn't want to do an exercise where I had to crunch my face into my boobs because that gave me gives me
0: gender dysphoria. Oh, boy. All right. So it sounds like you're a lazy one. You went to the physical therapist's office and because you did not want to do your exercises, you came up with this grand idea to blame it on gender dysphoria because when your head gets too close to your breasts, you get uncomfortable. You're fucking ridiculous. I would have asked you to leave my office because I, I can't. I can't.
9: And I ended up getting upset. And started to softly cry,
0: and then quietly
9: begged to leave,
0: and And then begged to leave. Just
9: email me the exercises, so I wouldn't have to
0: actually. Hold on, what she means? Softly cry and then beg to leave, lady. You're paying for the appointment. You paid to go to see the doctor. If you want to leave, you just leave. You don't have to beg to leave.
9: Be in the space, um, to do them, and I could just do them at home. You know, I don't feel comfortable in most places in society, but when it comes to being at the doctor's office, it's important to feel cared for, respected, have your humanity honored. And I'm just,
10: um, I'm tired.
0: Um, have your humanity honored. What part of being a they them is having your humanity honored? You're so ridiculous. Like this is what I don't understand with these this generation and these people in particular, you know. The argument is so weak, but they choose to stand on this hill. This is the hill they choose to die on. Alright, so in San Diego the homeless problem is getting out of hand and public bathrooms are apparently unusable so some tech genius came up with an app akin to uber but it's for bathroom sharing no you cannot make this stuff up Many
8: downtown public restrooms have been over- drug use people with mental illnesses and sanitary issues folks especially families with young children don't feel comfortable and paying fifteen dollars for a 15 minute bathroom break makes a lot of sense hundreds of people have been signing up for the rest space app just as it starts to make a name for itself hosts make 70 percent of the fee and rest space takes 30.
0: yo what what (laughs) What was the pitch when this guy went to Y Combinator and how much money did they raise in the seed round? I'm just... I'm curious. All right, let's see what's, what's next. What else can we... All right. Meet
9: Patagonia.
8: Hey, everybody. It's Patagonia.
9: Drag queen. And environmental activist. From the slopes to Whitewater Raps, she is shaking
0: up what it means to fight her. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on So this is what this is this is (laughs) This is a classic example of this stuff being like one hundred percent a think tank operation. This is a psyop. This is this is social engineering for lack of a better term. This is them telling you that the same people that are responsible for bringing you the climate change agenda are the same exact people that are responsible for bringing you the drag queen agenda. Really? ...boyfriend for two whole years.
9: Well, honey, can you can hold on to this piece of trash for five more minutes. She's in New York City for Climate Week, producing and starring in Save Her, an environmental drag show. Okay, <laughs> on, <laughs> I want you to scream
4: gay. Okay. One, two, three. What?
9: Coming off the hottest summer on record for the Earth, ocean temperatures soaring to their highest since humans have existed and unprecedented since wildfires in Canada this year. Since humans have existed. Climate change can feel anxiety-inducing. But Patagonia says, leave the doom and gloom behind.
0: Even though they've only been keeping track of ocean temperatures for the last, maybe 150 years. I could be wrong, it could be 200 at the very most. That's the, so they're trying to say that that's how long human beings have existed, 200 years. Yo.
9: Coming off the hottest summer on record for the earth, ocean temperatures soaring to their highest since humans have existed, and unprecedented wildfires in Canada this year. Climate change can feel anxiety inducing, but Patagonia says, leave the doom and gloom behind.
8: I think if we want a sustainable movement where people are joining us and fighting together, we have to make it fun for the long haul. We can focus on the problems, but let's also celebrate the solutions.
10: Let's do it together.
0: Okay. Um, Well, I think that's where we'll end the Critical Thought Podcast for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you found it insightful, informative, and maybe even entertaining. Join me next week for another episode. Yo. When you said critical thought, what did you give? What did you give? Critical thought, critical mind. Think to yourself in critical times. M5M trying to wash your mind. And you know they lying. Critical thought, critical mind. Think to yourself in critical times. M5M trying to wash your mind. And you know they lying.